Okay, another week of designated sitter. Um, we were just chatting a bit amongst ourselves about Matteo Boki, and that has to have been kind of one of our favorite episodes to record, most definitely. Um, fun to get him in from Italy. It was actually really interesting. I, I kind of regretted that we turned off the recording so early because I think we ended up getting a ton of interesting information from him afterwards because we kept asking him questions and he was coolest dude I've ever talked to. I mean, he, he wasn't trying to rush off the phone when it was done. He was just there to chat with us and hang out. And I, I think we're all really grateful he came on. I think we may have pushed him off a little. <laughs> we all wanted to end it. Uh, he was super cool. I'm excited. He'll, I'm sure he'll definitely want to be back. We want him back. That was a lot of fun. True. Was there anything? Was there any one thing True. right afterwards? I'm trying to remember what we talked about with him afterwards, but man, he talked about such interesting stuff. We talked about, um, oh shit, what did we talk about? I'm trying to remember what was on the episode and what wasn't. That's where I'm struggling. Did you go back and listen to it? Yeah, I did. First one I've gone back to and listened to in a while. Yeah, in a while. Yeah, no, I liked it. Um, Just so everyone knows, we've got Steven here on his phone today, his (laughs) <laughs> landlord you want to you tell him what happened because that's actually pretty funny well we haven't had internet for like three or four days now um our landlord was trenching in their front yard <laughs> and hit a cable line and so like it went and ours went out and theirs went out because me and my roommate we bought our own and so we're like ah oh, okay we don't got nothing and then like they came out today and we're supposed to fix it so I was working remotely, remotely, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, remote remotely from, from Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. Except for, yeah. And so I, my roommate, he's like, oh, okay. Like she said that the internet's good. I was like, all right, cool. So I came home. I brought all my stuff back again and ours was still out. So we're like, wait, what the heck? So we have a guy on Wednesday coming out to look at ours. So we just haven't had internet for, yeah. Yikes. Wow. But it's cool. It's fine. We spent we spent time doing stuff outside, you know. I I was thinking about this the other day. I would would love if my MacBook Pro had a data plan on it. Like, wouldn't <laughs> like that be nice iPad, to be able to, iPads do that? Right, iPads do, and I had one on my iPad. But like, if you have to tether the Wi Fi mm-hmm. across, it doesn't really it doesn't always do as well. But if I could just run yeah. to the park and work from like you know under one of those. What do you call those? Yeah, that'd be pretty. Well, you could, you could, they have like hotspots and stuff, don't they? Um, probably yeah, more in Phoenix than they do up here. I mean, Mike, you're an Xfinity guy. You'd know better than I would. I was, I was hoping more that the MacBook had a data plan on it because after you used it, it stopped working. So then we were, we'd be done with the month. <laughs> four, four of the month, it's like, well, I can't work the rest of the month. I guess I got to Sorry, go out guys. And... I used all my data on Netflix. I got to spend more time streaming MLB TV. Not on a, not on a device. <laughs> Speaking of like electronic uh, watching baseball, you guys watched the uh, Players League at all? With the ML, I haven't watched a ton of it. Have you? There are some really cool moments. There was one the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, Cole Tucker was playing Reese Hoskins. I saw and that. He's like, he's like, if you hit a home right now, I'll name my firstborn, and then like smoked one out to freaking left field. He's like, just say, I take that back. I take that back. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Reese Tucker. Yeah. Coming in a year like, now. Joey Gallo's dope. You can okay, see like another side of people. That's, I think it's pretty neat. I loved his rant about the picture that they posted for him. Did you, did you see this? <laughs> I, I think he sent it to us. I think I saw part of it, but I had to stop watching it way through. I, you can't blame him for it. I mean, he, I don't know who picked that out because I saw that a little bit ago, and I was like, "Yeah, that 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 ain't a good picture. That's not the one." Poor guy. I think what's cool is that it's just a new wave of player in a sense, and not in a sense of like they're just they're now becoming our age and a little bit younger than us, you know. And so they're just. Growing I think a up. lot of them are younger than us, Mike. For sure. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, for the like, probably half the league is. Yeah. If you're thirty, if sure. you're thirty years old. <laughs> That well, blows my not. mind. Like looking at Raphael Devers or like Fernando Tatis Jr., like these guys coming up in the league and crushing it. You're like, I'm older than him. It was the first time it actually registered for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was talking to my dad about it. Like, at what point are you like, okay with like literally every person in the league is younger than you? Yeah, that's an interesting you know? point. Because we're like in that sweet spot where they're like our age, you know, for the most part, mid 20s yeah. to 30. But. So we got talking this week because with the league on, on hold, there are two things that kind of go into play. One is that milestones that people have been working a long time for get pushed back, you know? And I actually been thinking about this a lot because Mike Trout has been on a historic pace. And so having a season not happen at all could really offset the greatest player of all time from achieving some of the greatest milestones, right? Like what could one lost year have done to to Babe Ruth or Barry Bonds or any of those titles, right? Like one lost year, Ask Barry Bonds. Ted Williams, he lost a bunch of years. Well, yeah, with the war. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, well, I mean, Trout was probably going to hit 50 home runs, right? Like, Absolutely. So when all his, when his career comes up and he hits, he's hit 710 home runs, it's like, oh, remember that last year, coronavirus 2020? Yeah, that's like I'm thinking. So first I, I thought we Hold just Hold on, kinda... before we go on to records, before yeah. we go on to records, I, have a, um, I saw it today yeah. and I fully agree the biggest person that this affects this shutdown in regards to like lost years is my man, Chris Davis. Cause that guy was going to win comeback player of the year this year. And everyone that doubted him is, is going to suck it. I'm rooting for him. I'm going to be honest. Like I am, I know, I know people might have listened to like previous episodes and think I might not like Chris Davis. I like Chris <laughs> Davis and I want him to do it. Right. I think comeback player of the year, will, the award will just go to the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> just it's like, hey, all you guys, everyone gets comeback player of the year. Hey, if Taiwan's playing baseball right near baseball right now, we need to make this happen. <laughs> Did you see the the fight that they had in the empty stadium? What honestly though, like, what a time to be alive that that was like breaking news on SportsCenter is a brawl in Taiwan, and like a relatively mild brawl brawl in Taiwan, like popped up an alert on my phone. <laughs> tell, tell me this isn't the part that blew your mind. When have you ever seen a pitcher intentionally trying to hit a batter several attempts until they actually do it and not get tossed from the game and still be pitching after the brawl? After the brawl, he was back, he, back he was pitching. still pitching. <laughs> it blows my mind. Do you think he was trying to hit him? I saw him go inside a couple times. Three times in a row before you hit him? Like Maybe he's not that good at aim. Uh, yeah, he wasn't throwing strikes. <laughs> <laughs> I finally watched that fastball documentary. It's good though, right? I'm trying to think of the pitcher who he has a name that um is it Willie Mays? Was he not, no, no. No. Um no. trying to think of the pitcher and he, he had this mentality where he would he would tell batters before the game, half that plate is mine, and your whole job this game is to figure out which one, and if you're wrong, I'm gonna hit you. That feels like a Nolan Ryan thing to say. Nolan Ryan was was a person to throw in on the 0-2 count or the, the 3-0 count. But. Did you see on the subject of brawls, that's one of the greatest videos of all time. Is that rookie guy that got, yeah, exactly. He's, Mike, was doing, Mike was doing it. He like threw at this rookie and the rookie got mad and charged him. And like 45-year-old Nolan Ryan put that dude in the headlock and just started wailing on his head like, like, like there was oh, poor kid, to get emasculated like that. Bob Gibson's the name. Had to look oh, it up. Oh, Bob Gibson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gibson was nasty. the most aggressive pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So a couple. Here's a couple. Just before we go into those three records, we wanted to talk about tonight. A um, couple people who also are going to lose out besides Chris Davis. So I think. <laughs> I think the one who loses out the most here too outside of him is Albert Pujols because if this is towards the end of your career, you don't have a lot of years left for something like this to happen. And Pujols is on track to become the number five all-time home run hitter with 661 home runs this year. Right? I think he only needs... How many did he need, Mike? 
15 home runs, 10 home runs? No, it was, uh, it was less than that. I believe it was, uh, well, he needs actually, no, no, he only needs four to move into fifth place. Right. So if, if they even get what 30 games a season, he could do it reasonably more than reasonably. He'd, he'd have to be warm. He'd have to be hot, but like, I don't so see any reason. So here's my thing, though. Yeah. Is that like, is, is he's still in the game? I feel like there was players that retired that were going to play, and then the season was lost. And like, all right, cool, I'm out then. I can't remember who it was, but they retired this season because they're like, oh, it's lost. Like, I'm not going to play a short season from my last one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, like, those are the guys that I look at. Maybe like, you just lost. Steve Pierce retired the other day. I, I I don't follow every team's retirements, so I did follow yeah. that one because I am a Red Sox fan. Yeah. And I, I was kind of surprised because there was a part of me that went, didn't he retire last year? <laughs> but <laughs> no. Wait, wasn't he like the like the World Series MVP, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he hit like a – I don't know if it was a pinch grand slam or something like that, like a pinch hit grand slam or something like that in the World Series, and it was absolutely insane. So Chapman's on, on the verge of 300 saves. Verlander's on the edge of 3,000 innings pitched. We're going to come back to that. Um, he's close. John Lester is near 200 wins, and Yadier Molina is near 2,000 hits. I think those are the people who are like right on the benchmarks right now. So I have a question um, for you guys. Go ahead. This is about what we're talking about, but a little bit different. So when you look at Lester... Correct me if I'm wrong. There was never a time when he was like the most dominant pitcher, right? Like he was always good, but he was never like. If, if ever, maybe 2012, 2013. I'm trying to think like the year they won the series, maybe 2016 I, with the Cubs. I guess that's my question is that like his 200 wins is really impressive, but it's kind of like uh, that Frank Gore in the NFL, right? He's like third all time rushing but it's because he's played 18 years in the NFL that like no one does that. And I kind of feel like that's some of these guys, like these older guys that you're amazing. And I get that, but it's not like you did it quickly, you know, like it's more about like longevity than anything else. And as impressive as it is, is that longevity, the more impressive part of it? That's my question. The fact that you're able to still suit up, you know, at, for as long as you have. I think so. I think the average like NFL career is only like two or three years. I think it's three. Three. And so I feel like it's a very interesting point. Very. And I'm sure people could debate it both ways because, I mean, you're exactly right. Availability, being able to play as long as you did. I mean, Tom Brady, 20 years. Who's the longest? I mean, is it uh, who's the longest MLB player? It might be Nolan Ryan. Currently, that dude played forever. But currently, oh, it, it's either like Yachty or Pujols, maybe Wayno, Wainwright in St. Louis. It was Ichiro yeah. until uh, the beginning of last season. Bartolo Colon. Yeah. But Bartolo's he's not, not he in, though. Right now? He's, no, yeah. he was done last year, but he's like trying to come back again, isn't he? Is he, though? He, he like joined some team in South America to get back in shape, but <laughs> we'll see. He, I'm, I'm not saying he will. I'm just Excuse saying. That okay, back like in me. back into Bartolo <laughs> shape, you know. But, but like, it's also what I think is interesting. An interesting stat would be for the wins and stuff like that. Would be obviously he's playing in the AL East for the most of his division. You know, most of his career. Now it's probably pretty. It's getting closer to fifty fifty. But um, so playing in the division, I think, has a lot to do with it. We're talking about John Lester. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he arguably moved over to the one of the most competitive divisions in the NL. The NL Central is like – they just yeah, beat each we'll other. It's like it the Pac-12. The most Paradise like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the Pac-12. Everyone just kind of beats on each other. So They're, so, they're not like the greatest division, but they like, they're all very equal to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that would affect your win total, you know? Right. Well, and, but that even makes it even possibly more impressive, right? If you are playing competitive teams, 
year yeah. in and year out. I guess it comes down to how many people have cleared that mark, 200 wins. Yeah. We have that number? Yeah, I can pull that right up. Um, Does Google have that number? Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes you look at. I mean, let's just go to let's go to let's go to your division for a second. You know, how many wins does Kershaw get against teams that, you know, win forty games the whole year? <laughs> See, the thing is, like, it's crazy. So in the NL West specifically, is against NL West guys, like, it's more competitive. Like, for example, like. If you take two years ago, mm-hmm. two years ago, like, for example, like the Dimebacks, like we won the season series against the Dodgers. That was the same year they had like 108 wins. Like, because it's the NOS is competitive no matter how good they are. The issue is, is they can beat all the other teams and the rest of the NOS can't. <laughs> yeah, like, that happens in the, the NFL. Problem. That happens in the NFL. You play your same division team twice. Yeah, it's not, exactly. it's not it's not uncommon to win one and lose one. <laughs> yeah, it's like Seattle and in Arizona, right? Like for whatever, like when Bruce Arians was in Arizona, Seattle, like CenturyLink, they won there. I think they were eight and one there when Bruce Arians was, but they would lose at home. Like it was just like this weird, like yeah, it's hard to be like who's the better team. You yeah. have to go against like other teams, you know, yeah. how you match up against those guys. But um, as far as wins were going, though, as you were saying, so if he got to two hundred wins. He would tie for 116th place of all pitchers. Mm-hmm. The most wins of all time is Cy Young with 511. Cy Young is it? Which is crazy because how long did he play? He was like early years. He was Boston. I understand, like, but, like, but like how long did he play? Well, here's the other thing you have to consider. Cy Young played before they expanded the season. Right. So like, you know how, think about it this way. The most home runs hit in a season. 22 years, just so you know. Okay. And he played from 1890 to 1911. 1911. He was a manager player as well. So I guess that's my thing. Or sorry, you were going to say something. You were leading into something. Well, no, but like, I mean, he played before, um, before they changed the number, right? Because like, I'm trying to remember if it's DiMaggio or Babe Ruth where um, the the record number of home runs in a season 61, Roger Maris, mm-hmm. but there's the asterisk next to it because he did it after they expanded the season. So people still debate what's better, his 61 yeah. game season or 60 home runs in a short season with Babe Ruth in like yeah. 1922. So that's also the other thing that, that I think that should be noted is that because I would say the amount of no decisions that happen in the MLB nowadays is significantly higher than back when Cy Young was pitching, just based on the fact that they pitch complete games all the time. You know, like that, like, like you even go back to the early 2000s, people were pitching complete games all the time. Like that's just, that's how it was. It's not, that's a recent development that people, you know, starters get pulled after four or five innings. I, I don't think I, there, that leads us into the second um, record that is held by Cy Young because there was two of them we were going to talk out, which was most lifetime wins, 511, and most innings pitched, 7,356. We will never, I don't think history will ever allow those two innings to be, or those two records to be beat in baseball's current format. Right? Do you think there's a format where they could? Take away the statistics. <laughs> it'll yeah, a one right? million percent. It'll never, ever, ever be touched. Yeah, I'd put my mortgage on it. Like it's, I mean, it's no, you would. It. Like it's, yeah, you would put your, you would put, you would put the United States deficit on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> no one's, no one's touching that record. And I'll tell you a few. One of the reasons why we all have reasons. every single one of your stimulus checks on it. Yeah, <laughs> that stimulus check. All the Mike's kids. is bigger than ours. He got kids. Yeah, I got kids. <laughs> I'm gonna have to show you something really funny about that statement in a couple of days. My shirt comes in. Um, but obviously, like, I mean, I want everybody to put their put their uh, owner hat on for a second. And you have this dynamic kid who just comes up and he's on your team. You are not, you know, you aren't just going to go put him on the mound to pitch, to pitch, to pitch, and have him be out of your, out of your, you know, organization in three years. It's like Strasburg. <laughs> like you, yep. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna just 
there's going to be analytics on top of analytics with that guy. How many warm-up pitches is he throwing? You Even know? if you're like the Marlins who barely touch analytics, like you're still, it's like, hey, once he hits 90 pitches, you pull him from the game. You know what I mean? Like, so here's my and, thing. Here's my thing with that though is that it's a what it draws an interesting concept because it's how you think about it, right? It's how it's how managers think about what generates winning. Is an effective five innings better than a less than effective seven or eight innings? You know what I'm saying? But now yeah. that they've trimmed down the rosters, you can't carry these huge bullpens. So, but I mean. I think we're going to hear about the, like just Caden just said it, the amount of pitches though. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know what the number is. I'm sure you guys know the number, but you know, at what number is your high, your risk of injury, you know, go through the roof for potential. I think that's like a really personal, I think that's a really like individual level because Randy Johnson, right? Like all those guys, they'd go out there and they would be pitching like 130. That just doesn't happen you know, and it wasn't like they weren't throwing hard, like they were upper 90s and and throwing off speed at the same time. So I think it just depends on how you are trained. That's why I'm saying it's more like a, yeah. uh, a ideology because people aren't training pitchers to pitch like that anymore because right. they don't need you for seven. They need you for five really, really good ones. You know, Nolan, Nolan Ryan well, holds they don't the record need- for 235 pitches in a game. Oh, that will never get touched. No, yeah, that's enough. Right? Because yeah. Nolan Ryan would go 200 pitches and he'd pitch within three or four days. You know what I mean? Like the guy was insane. Hold on. Hold on. What game was that? Um, Let's see. That would have been 1974 against the Angels when they won four to three in 13 innings. And he threw 245 pitches. 35. Holy shit. No less impressive. <laughs> That's so many, bro. Nineteen out at night struck out nineteen batters over thirteen innings. Nineteen strikeouts in thirteen innings. Jesus. So two, there's actually two potential, like obviously pitches, right? Just the number of pitches and the number of innings. We're gonna see someone yeah, pitch. Didn't Evaldi come close? How many did Evaldi pitch? A couple in years a, ago. in one game. Yeah, because it went eighteen innings. I thought he pitched nine. Did he just pitch a nine? Did he just pitch nine innings? Let's see. Also, on the other end of that spectrum, Greg Maddox. I think it was his birthday. It was his birthday a couple of days ago, and I was looking at some of his stuff. That dude pitched like an 80-pitch complete game. So, yep. in the same game That's in 1984, crazy. two pitchers pitched 26 innings against each other. So, 13 and 13? Um... No, 26 and 26. What? How? The game went 26 innings? Wait, hang on. Let's see. Um, let me make sure I'm reading this right because I'm trying to Google it real quick to make sure that I, I get this right. Because let me tell you what. I went to a 16-inning game one time, and I was, I was at the park until like 2 in the morning. That was crazy. <laughs> 26 innings? I watched that Red Sox 18 inning game the other day, or not other day, but a couple of years ago. The Dodger one. Yeah, I think it ended. No, I didn't like, go to bed on that game. <laughs> what time did it end? I'm still wondering if it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, he has nice sweats about it. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, just throw a strikeout. <laughs> the worst part about that game is Eovaldi threw at least nine innings in that game, and yeah. they lost. Like, that guy put his heart and soul into that game, and they just couldn't bat it out. They rewarded him very, yeah. very well. <laughs> to the detriment of the team, they rewarded him. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I, I Kind of on that topic, though, I, it's just never going to happen in our lives. Like, innings pitched, um, the number, you know what I mean? The number of innings pitched, the number of games. I think even the number of games a pitcher plays I don't know how far that'll get touched, right? Maybe you have a closer who just okay, comes so in every night for one inning. And pitches till he's 90? I don't know. You know what I mean? Because like games played, if, if you okay, pitch... But Verlander is still... If you doubled Verlander's inning, so basically x his career, you're still short. 
I'm talking games played, right? Because you only have to touch one inning to play a game. Oh, games played. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Right? So maybe, maybe you know, who's the youngest decent closer in the game right now? Well, it was, uh, it was Jordan Hicks. Okay. Let's take Hicks, right? Say he, be, he, he just, gets he just, to be. He just got Tommy John, though, so it's. He's already out of contention. You have to have a, a perfectly healthy career. I will say this too. Just I, I'm sure we've all heard this. The announcers will say, even if it's a pitcher, like what Caden with what you're going to talk about, maybe he's pitched three or four days. Like they won't put him in even for one batter. Like they're like, you just, you're off. He's today, not no matter available. What. Yeah, not right, available. Right. Yep. Right. Maybe, you know what I mean though? But like, I think that's the closest thing will come to like a record in pitching being broken or being set high above is some team just decides that closer's coming in for one inning every night. You know what I mean? For several years. In one season, you could rack up 162 games. It wouldn't happen. It obviously then, wouldn't yeah, happen. I'm not naive. Complete, yeah. But yeah. like... There's one team he would play on if it happened. The Pirates? I don't know. Rays. <laughs> the Rays? <laughs> it's like, hey, I know you opened for us yesterday, but we're going to need that again. So, it might know. even it may not even be like innings pitch. They 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 may be go so analytical. It's like you literally are pitching nine pitches. <laughs> That's one batter or eight. We don't care. You get nine nine pitches because after that your performance just drops off like crazy. No, well, they can't they can't do that. You have to face a minimum of three batters. So the closest Dude, thing you, you could do get, you can get three batters in nine pitches. Right, right. But what I'm saying is. The best way you could do that to, to like, if we're talking about minimizing this down so we could break a record is literally bring him in for the 27th out of the game, right? Yes. Like bring him yeah, in yeah, to yeah. face the very last batter every how night. Would you feel, how would you feel about your career if like that was all you were? That's how you're <laughs> like, hey, we're trying to break a record here. Like, it would like, be like the I guy play from baseball. He's like, nah, dude, you're breaking records. <laughs> you're going to love it. For some reason, it makes me think of the guy from Major League, like where they make all this hype for a closer who's like, you know what not I mean? Good. Yeah, he's not amazing. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Thing. I I want his I want his call out song from the bullpen to be like closing time. Come on. <laughs> okay, hold on. Before we go on to any further records, best walk up slash bullpen entrance song ever. That you've heard. Shark, do, 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 do. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, okay. Who oh, is... I, I, it's it's it, to moment answer. Hell's bells. Yes, I do want I think, you. To I think it's Enter Sandman. Was it oh, Mariano yeah. Rivera? That's definitely top three. If you know, if he hated that one. I think I heard that. Because <laughs> who is who is the pitcher in San Diego? You know another one I like. You know another one I like. Uh, it was. Uh, oh shit! I first forgot it. It's the it's the Boston one. Like the. I'm gonna have to play it. Can I play it, Caden? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Will it show up? Trevor Hoffman. They would play Hell's Bells when he came out. Mm-hmm. Trevor Hoffman was like a great Padres closer in like '94. Did twenty saves. With, uh, he's with. Um, Tony Wynn. Kansas City. No, he's been with the um, a, Padres and Brewers. I think I Hoffman. There's a I think there's a Hoffman in Kansas City. I think I watched a there training is. game. There is. Yeah, but this Hoffman's not playing anymore. This was like '94 that oh, that gotcha. all went down. So I say this because it's one of the best ones I've ever heard. Brad Boxberger, his walkout song, pristine. It's a Johnny Cash song. Oh, son of a gun. It's amazing. How do you... Uh, so you want a country song for your like walk-up call-up song? Bro, no, you have to listen to this song. Dude. Okay, okay. It's like... Hey, it's Johnny can play Cash. that song I said. Country, country. So we can only play up to 10 seconds before we're really in danger. So... You really only need like the first four seconds. Guys, I'm not going to lie you. My phone's at 1%. And Go get the charger. I, I'm going to run and get a charger. We'll okay. see what happens, bro. See if we get back it's in. starting to slow down. Here's the song. I'm locked out of my house. Oh, my gosh. Okay, no, I'm not. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. 
That's a pitcher. I don't think as a batter it works, but as a pitcher it does. Like I disagree. I, That'd be hype as hell. I'm shipping up to Boston. Oh, okay. I'm off to- I uh I always like this one. You're definitely striking out after that one. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> or the hey, pitchers, or the pitchers beating you. <laughs> so we, so um, we would actually sometimes during our summer ball. I don't remember. Uh, I think even during high school, a little bit. We had a we had a player. He was a year younger than us. His dad. He uh, he'd always bring the music, and so we had like our individual walk up songs <laughs> when we play our home games. Yeah. Um. I. I Suffered a couple of concussions after high school, so I don't really remember what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking. I got hit a couple times. Like, oh my gosh! So I have short term baseball loss. crash or no? One was football. One yeah. was football. I got drilled by like yeah, that one was bad. Coaching standing out there in the middle of the field, and I ying thought the player would yang, but he also yinged. Just drill us. <laughs> oh man, that was a bad one. What can we say about Stephen when he's grabbing a charger? I don't know. <laughs> who who starts their phone? Who starts up on three percent? Come on, man. He answers the question and then bails. <laughs> I don't want to be here for the rest of the podcast. I'm gone. Man. We should just see. end it. That'd be funny. He just like comes back in and we're gone. <laughs> just like put something on loop. Well, because I know he's gonna like this next I know he's gonna have an argument for this next one. So I like I don't feel like I can move on. Yeah. But I know it's going to take a minute for his phone. Like he's got to get his charger. He's got to plug it in. He's got to wait for it to like crack open. Then he's got to come back into the meeting, and then we got to like. I didn't want to correct you on one thing. So Barry Bonds actually has the most home runs in a single season, though. Does he? Yeah, he hits. He hit seventy three in the year two thousand one. No, I'm glad you corrected me. Sammy Sosa hit sixty four that same year. So, and more what I was saying, though, is I think my point was Roger Maris's record. Now, Roger Maris is the AL record. That's true. Yeah. And the more the idea behind it was the, the asterisk behind the record. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you go against well, Babe Ruth's 60 <laughs> home run season when he only played, like, what, like an 80-game right, season? Right. Well, you, want to, you don't want to, you want to know who else's asterisk? Mm-hmm. The names above Roger Maris. Sosa, McGuire, Bonds. Right. A-Rod. Um, Kidding. He's well, not he, above he, on the single season, but not on a single. Correct. So, but again, yeah, back to just like it's it's obviously there was a lot of heat. It's like man, some some people still believe that Roger Maris sixty one, like in their heart, is like no, that's the actual record. <laughs> like like they they just discount almost just like they you know discounting the Astros winning the series. Like it's just like no, they cheated. Doesn't count. That's almost how they feel about Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. But. Yeah, I remember it was fun baseball. It was, it was you know basically the years like two thousand one, ninety eight, ninety nine. There's like the home run race. They would basically be like switching out. Whenever they came up to bat, the umpire would throw the pitcher a new ball, just so that they had something fresh or something. Yeah. Wouldn't well, they, they mark would actually, them too? Yeah, they had like a number on them. And yeah, so, just so that they would know if if a fan caught the real ball or not. Yeah, that and I'm sure it, and it was just for just for you know, history and record-breaking things. I'm trying to figure out how many games exactly Babe Ruth would have played that season, but it's hard to find the answer for some reason. It shouldn't be. Hmm. Just got to go into Wikipedia, dude. They have... You get lost in there. (laughs) You ever just start reading something in Wikipedia and you're just like... I don't think I'm like you're like what am I even reading at this point? The most innings pitched by Cy Young in a single se- season was 453 innings pitched. I mean That's just well, crazy. Okay, so there was 154 games the season he would have done that. Okay, so it was eight less. Did I do my common core math right? <laughs> So, 
I, I definitely see why the asterisk would have gone next to his name. You know what I mean? Because it's like one different home run with an addition of eight games. You know, so like he was hitting sixty. Let's see, one hundred fifty-four games into sixty home runs. Like he was hitting. Oh yeah, he was hitting one every two and a half games. Wow, that's pretty good. You think about it. Have you ever? I don't. No, I've seen a home run. I've never seen a walk off in a stadium. That is something that like. Life goal-wise, I would like to see a walk-off at some point. Just rush the field. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. I think when uh, when Hank Aaron broke the record for home runs, he got like fans like running next to him around the field. That? Yeah, around the field. It's quite. It's quite like. It's just amazing because you're like, wait a second, like that was a thing. Like they allowed them to run. Onto the field. <laughs> you checking it out? It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that somebody found his old Milwaukee Braves hat the other day just in their attic? Can you imagine having that? If I could bet on that, dude, I would. <laughs> That's cool. I have a new house, so I know nothing is in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> is Hank Aaron the only one you wouldn't put an asterisk on, or do you think he's... Is he part of, like... The concern for well, no, he he never had a one major season, did he? No, he's he's for all intents and purposes, he's clean. Or even is he on the single season list? And he's still, in some eyes, in some baseball purists, he's still the home run leader, still the home run king. They just basically etch Barry Bonds out of their brain, their memory. Dude, he's way down on the list for single season. So, I mean, is he the perfect example of just longevity at? Consistently hitting 30 to 40 home runs for 20 years. Major time. 47 home runs in a single season. That's his, that's his most. That's the same as David Ortiz. Yeah. Lou Gehrig, he had more than, he had more in a single season than Lou Gehrig, I think. No, Lou Gehrig's got a bunch above that. Where's David Ortiz? David Ortiz. Okay, that makes way more sense. David Ortiz is up here. David Ortiz is at 54 in a single season. I was like, that cannot be right. Which that's, I mean, that's really good. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're getting to this point in time with this modern day baseball where it's like some of these guys are with launch angle and, and stats and exit velocity and everything that's looked at. And it's, but it's almost like the NBA. better too. Oh, for sure. Definitely it is. I think if you're translating it, translating it even a little bit to like the NBA, it's like the NBA, I mean, I think the, the Houston Rockets, for example, it's either layup, dunk, or three-pointer. Like, all the shots in between, their statistics and their analytics just say that it's like it's not necessarily worth it. So, um, what I'm saying is just equivalenting modern day basketball to where the where the direction of MLB is going. It's like home run or bust type of. Well, almost. yeah, they're trying to play three true outcomes, right? Strikeout, walk, or home run. Yeah, those are what you aim for. And so now it's like I feel like you. That's why I think the 73 home runs could be broken. Um. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It could, because if especially if you're playing 162 games and say you hit 80, you know that's that's one every two games. I mean, the thing that Barry Bonds, which was so crazy, though, is I mean he was literally there's there's video of I think it was Show Walter, the coach at the time, w- intentionally walked him with bases loaded to bring oh, in a yeah. run, to bring in a run. Like, I bet Trout. I don't know if that's happened to Trout. Has it happened to Trout? Has he gotten intentionally walked with the bases loaded? Um, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's there's probably only one or two p- people that you would do that. I literally wrote players, and Google had the rest of the question. Hmm. Creepy. Google. Google. Um, but no, I think that uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw someone hit seventy five, seventy seven, maybe cracked eighty. Because again, that's one every two games. Um. What tends to happen is you probably you do probably get pitched around a lot. <laughs> you know they're not going to throw you strikes as often. They're going to make you earn it, and they may not even let you swing the bat. Okay, so it happened to Bonds in '98, and the only time it's happened since then is 2008, 
Josh Hamilton. Hmm. Joe Madden when he was at the Rays. Um, walked wonder, Rangers, Josh Hamilton. I wonder what the score was. That's a good question. Look that up. Let's just move on to that next one. I don't want to wait on him all night because then we're gonna we're gonna lose listeners here. Um at some point. But so this one was actually the one that I was kind of most excited to talk about because you and I talked about this was most consecutive no hitters was by Johnny Vandermeer Vandermeet with two consecutive no hitters in nineteen thirty-eight, which is astounding to think about. I can't even wrap my head around the thought of that, right? And as we were talking about it, like I'm trying to think. So just for back looping, though, that game was 10 to 7 when that happened. But anyways, um, we were kind of like, give me your thoughts, how you were saying like the the closest way we could even get to breaking that. Yeah, I I, I think the stars would have to align a little bit. I think you would, you know, typically you pitch and then you go five days rest. Then you pitch again. So maybe you are pitching a last place team on uh, the end of a four, you know, let's, let's call it an end of a four game stretch or, you know, four game home series. So you pitch against the Tigers. Um, they're on a long away stretch or something. So they're, yeah, just like, so it's hell. like, so they're kind of tired and you just, you, you end up, you end up blanking them. And then you go five days off and you know, well, four days off cause you're going to pitch the fifth day. So the four days off. So maybe you, maybe there was another four game series against a team that you didn't even have to pitch against. So say they, maybe that was the Yankees, right? So maybe you didn't even have to pitch against the Yankees that series based off of your rest schedule. So then, you know, so then the fifth, so then the fifth day comes, it's a brand new team. It's an opening of a series. And again, maybe you're catching, um, I don't know, name a team, <laughs> Gosh, if I were to pick a team that you could do it again against, like, so we're talking the second one, you know, it's like, it's going to be Tigers, Orioles, maybe the Royals, and then Marlins. Those are the teams that I think your best odds are against yeah, right now. Yeah. I mean, shoot, sometimes I feel like, yeah, I mean, sometimes even the Red Sox a little bit, sometimes the, the lineup they may throw out there, you're like, oh my gosh, like, who's the hitters? But so maybe, so, maybe, maybe you, maybe you announced a, uh, like a, a starting pitcher with right-handed, they platooned heavy for the right-handed pitcher. And then before the game, you throw in a left-hand pitcher. Yeah. That could yeah. happen to, that could happen to the Yankees even, you know what I mean? Right. So, so you, so obviously the four game switch just ended. You didn't play that team. You're starting a new series against a brand new team. And maybe that team is again, let's just throw out a name. Let's just say it's the pirates and the pirates just came off of a grueling, you know, four game series against the, the Dodgers and lost all four, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that where they're just like tired and who knows. So it's like, you're able to, you're able to, you know, again, stars are all aligned and you're just in that zone as a player where you're just like feeling it where he's like, man, nobody can touch my stuff. It's just electric right now. If anybody just simply tying, tying it two no hitters in a row. And there's all that stipulation to it. Like you have to meet a lot of standards. Here's so there's an old, uh, I don't know why I remember this. It's the weirdest fact. There's an old Arabic proverb. If something happens once, it won't happen again. If it happens twice, it'll happen again. Right? Mm-hmm. Here's here's my suggestion for how this, the only way I see this playing out with the players we currently have, as far as we know them. Verlander starts it off hot with a no a no-hitter in Toronto against the Blue Jays. His third one there. Then they go home and they catch the Blue Jays, or not the Blue Jays, the Tigers on a long away stretch. And then they happen to play either the Mariners or the Marlins. For that third game? For that third game. Yeah. Verlander, maybe Granke. Those those are the two who I could see doing it. And I hate that it's (laughs) they both happen to be Astros, but... (laughs) They well, are the two that yeah, Garrett Cole maybe right, maybe Garrett Cole yeah, but Clayton Kershaw maybe because he's not in the postseason, so it's regular season. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I feel like uh, like because a lot of things with the no hitter that are impressive is like obviously you're not giving up a single hit. Um, players can still get on base with errors, or you can still walk. And we're not talking perfect games; we're talking literally no hitters. 
And a lot of times yeah. in no hitters, so it tends to happen is you always have maybe like one or two plays that are made in that game that save the no hitter. So whether it's like a, a lot of times it's like a, it's a really good uh, catch or, you know, a diving catch out Something in the outfield. The outfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's a unbelievable play by the shortstop on a you know ground ball that he dives for, gets up, throws the guy out. Because what tends to happen I've seen too is, is um, things like that where depending on your, and here's another thing that you have to consider is, is are you is it an away game or is it a home game? And that official scorekeeper is he going to rule that a hit or is he going to rule that an error? Um, yeah, because a lot of times, um, a lot of times with home cooking uh, scorekeepers, um, as a as a as a batter, you know your scorekeeper is going to give you a little bit of the uh, you know leniency and give you a hit. And then when his team is out in the field, he may tell that pitcher. I'm sorry, I'm going to give it E5 or I'm going to give it E4. So the, the player gets the air when it's like, ah, it could have been a hit. So that's something that, uh, again, we're talking stars aligning <laughs> type of record-breaking thing. Does a perfect game allow for errors? No. Or does nobody game, touch a base at nobody all? Nobody touches a base so, on a perfect game. So I think Andres Galarraga had one a few years back. Where the, the, last, the last one to happen was in 2012 with Felix Hernandez. A full-on perfect game? Has it been that long? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Which is kind of what a lot of his popularity and claim is to, right? And he he yeah. he likes that he did it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I If you follow his Instagram, it says perfect on there all the <laughs> time. And you awesome. know what? Shout out to King Felix. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm all I think for it. If a you're lot King of times, Felix, never yeah. let go of that. A lot of times what happens too during no-hitter is you're not actually getting a lot of strikeouts because a lot of strikeouts tend to have a higher pitch count. So yeah. you're getting a lot of players to swing on the first pitch, you know, swing on the second or third pitch. You're, you're actually kind of going through batters fairly quickly, not getting into a lot of full counts, you know, three balls, two strikes, you know, not, not getting to a lot of that. So it's kind of, you're really in this momentum and this groove where you're just kind of like, you're just kind of going, going, going. Um, and a lot of times with the no, like a perfect game, um, and a lot of times no hitter, but more to perfect game is so when you're pitching, you're in, you know, what they call like the full wind up. So you're kind of, you're standing up, then you're step, you know, you're, you're facing the catcher yeah. and you're stepping off and going. Whereas when you get a runner on base, you have to go from the stretch. So it's just a little bit of a different motion. And a lot of times what you'll see is a pitcher who's doing really, really well um, because he hasn't had anybody on base. But as soon as he gets somebody on base, now he can almost get a little bit rattled. Um, and so it, it just changes apart. the whole dynamic of the game. Yep, exactly. They can fall well, apart. You've really got to have – it's amazing because if you think about it, you can't throw a perfect game or a no-hitter with a team that can't put it together, mm-hmm. right? No matter how good the pitcher is. Like, Kerry Wood threw a 20-strikeout game. Right. Right. That's the tied record with Roger Clemens. Neither of those games are no-hitters. Right. Yeah. I mean – how many how many pitches did he have that game? I would I would dare say at I don't least even think he finished and, the game. Yeah, yeah, but definitely in the hundreds. If I had to, if I had to imagine just on pitch count. Uh huh. Yeah. Because what, sometimes what happens with a lot of those strikeout games is, um, sometimes sometimes you can be a little bit wild. So batters are like, gosh, I don't know where this guy is throwing the ball. You know, so like they're just they're a little they're a little unsettled in the box. There's oh yeah. A guy that's just throwing darts, and you're like, okay, I'm feeling good because. Sometimes that's a way to like make batters uncomfortable is you hit one or two of them. <laughs> and all of oh, a sudden yeah. they're like, what the heck? This guy doesn't have it today, but he, he's striking you out. What's interesting is when you have like, so like um, Randy Johnson has a 19 strikeout game that they still lost. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's right? That's so crazy to me sometimes as a pitcher is like you have those games where you know, you give up eight runs, but you still get the win versus the games where you give up two hits, but you still get the loss because the one hit was a bomb and you lost one to nothing. So you're like, come on, batters. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit of that give and take where you're just like, you know, sometimes you don't have it. Sometimes you do. And sometimes the, the, they just can't get the sticks going. And so you're just like, do you think that's why like you can't like wins are the worst measurement for a pitcher. Like what, 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 if you're, if you're a recruiter, Right, like you're a scout. What what's your main go to? Because I'm thinking like WHIP and ERA. Those are the two things I'd look at very first. You know what I mean? And then innings pitched. 
Like, does he have mileage? Has he controlled those mileage? Yeah, I think how, a little did, bit how does that. he how does the team play around him? You know, yeah, I mean? how the team plays around him sometimes. Yeah, that could be a little hard, right? Because maybe you know, as a scout, you're like, you know, whatever you're, you're like, man, my shortstop's a hell of a lot better than this guy's shortstop, right. so he's getting kind of screwed because this guy's range is terrible. And then maybe you know, fielding independent are, pitching, yeah, right? You exactly. have to look at that. You right. have to. And and I think a lot of it too is probably just command. You know, how fast is that fastball? What's yeah. that breaking ball look like? So it's like, it's almost like external factors of outside of that. It's like, okay, that, that ball was hit to shortstop or that ball was hit to center field. Like our center fielder in, in the bigs is catching that. You know, Jackie Bradley Jr. is catching that ball. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. this guy's a shortstop. This guy's short center fielder is not catching that because he's not JBJ or whatever. So it's kind of, I bet you that definitely gets, I'm sure the scouts have those. I'd love a, we got to invite a scout. That'd be pretty awesome on the show. Just yeah, I might I might have a few names. I've I've got a if we can only get baseball back, I see one of them every two days or three days. Awesome. I run into scouts, talk to them. I, I actually ran into the Red Sox scout just a few months ago, and I was like, "Hey, you got any room in the front office?" Just teasing <laughs> with them. And at first, I came off a little wrong because you know, like those jobs are hard to hold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like scouts, scouts have turnover. They do. Right. But I, I just started chatting with them, like, "Man, I'm a huge fan." I. I like dream of the day. How do you know, what do I do to get in and stuff? And it was fun chatting with him. He was pretty nice, but yeah. Um, in the upcoming weeks, we've got a few cool guests. We've got a um, prominent member of the Mets organization. As far as the farm system goes, um, we have a potential batting coach from one of the team's farm systems, as well as a trainer for a lot of major league players who trains at a facility. So we've got those three on the docket. Uh, I'm reaching out to several more, so hopefully we'll get a few more people in here. And uh, I'm just looking to keep them going with things. So keep listening, keep paying attention. We'll keep posting content online. Any uh, any thoughts, Mike? Not good stuff. We got a few more stats we're going to get into. Um, wins, hits, stolen bases. Ricky Williams. Ricky, sorry, Ricky Henderson, not Ricky Williams. I'm thinking yeah. Today's 420. Ricky Williams was on my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ricky Henderson. We'll have some fun other other records that we'll talk about in the next we're next few episodes. Start getting some good gear and some stuff to make this you know really get together. So loving it. 